Christianity here, especially here in the West and here in American Christianity, what we have done as we have moved further and further away from the spiritual things and we have moved more and more towards the physical things. The most neglected person of the Holy Trinity is the Holy Spirit. We talk a lot about the works of the Father. We talk a lot about the works of the Son. We're comfortable talking about these things. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, many times we're so uncomfortable talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. Francis Chan, a well-known author and a pastor, he wrote a whole book about this topic. And his book was called The Forgotten God, Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. And in his book, he's inviting us He's inviting Christians, especially Christians here in the West, to come back and seek for the Holy Spirit, to come back and seek for the will of God through the Holy Spirit, to seek for the power of the Holy Spirit. And I understand that many times in our lives, we're, we see so many things in this culture of ours in regards to the Holy Spirit. We see many false teachers using the name of the Holy Spirit to manipulate people. We see... Many false teachers using the name of the Holy Spirit to build fortunes and fortunes among themselves, for themselves, all in the name of the Holy Spirit. They use their talents, which is no spiritual gift at all, but they use their talent to draw men to themselves and not to point men to Jesus Christ. And as a result of this, as a result of this, here in the West, we have become so afraid of the Holy Spirit. We have become so, so afraid of the power of the Holy Spirit. Many people even say that there's no more, there's no more such, there's no such thing as spiritual gifts anymore. And many of us, we have pretty much what they say, we throw the baby out with the bathwater. And we get rid of the Holy Spirit in our churches. And as a result of that, we see many, many churches without the power of the Holy Spirit in their church. And the churches, what, did they, what do we have to do when we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit? We have to start conforming our churches to the world to attract people. And so we start to follow the world instead of being the light to the world. Instead of leading the world to Christ, we start following the world. And the more we follow the world, the more we go after the world, we lose the power of the Holy Spirit in our churches. We lose the power of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. I remember among men, among men from Vietnam, at a conference he stood up and he gave a testimony about his own life. And he stood up and this is what he said. He said that as being among men growing up in the Viet Vietnamese in, in Vietnam, in the country of Vietnam, and in that culture, in the Hmong Vietnam culture, in order for them to see you as a man, in order for them to see you as a real man, you have to beat your wife three times a day. If you don't beat your wife three times a day, then you're, you're not considered to be a real man. And as he stood up there, and as he was giving this testimony about his past life, he talked about how God came into his life and how God changed his life. And he began to see that that was absolutely wrong. 
But that is not the way of God. And as he was giving that testimony, he was weeping, and his wife stood up there with him, and his wife was weeping along with him. And they were just crying. They were just weeping about how God has changed and how God has transformed their lives. And his wife was saying, you know, I never thought this was possible. In a million years, I never thought this would be possible, that my husband would change, that my husband would stop beating me. But it is only through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit being indwelled in him, that he was able to change. And his wife said, I simply cannot explain what happened to me. Because in a million years, I never thought that he could change. You see, many times in the church, in the church, if the things that we do can still be explained simply by human rationale, can simply be explained simply by the abilities of humans, then we have yet to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. See, this man's life was changed dramatically. Dramatically. He grew up in a culture that that's what he needed to do in order for him to get respect in his community, in order for him to get respect in his culture. He needed to do that. That was all he knew. And yet, his life was dramatically, dramatically changed through the Holy Spirit. And his wife and himself, they simply cannot explain. They simply cannot explain. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As we look upon the Holy Spirit, we see that he is not a force or anything like that, but he is God. He is God. The Holy Spirit is a person of the Holy Trinity. And that Trinity can sometimes be very, very hard to explain. People use all kinds of different analogies. Some people, they like to use the clover. Some people, they like to use the egg. I personally like to use H2O, water, because water exists in three forms. Gas, solid, and, and liquid. But even by using these analogies, we understand that it is extremely, extremely hard to, com- to, to take anything and compare that to the Holy Spirit, compare that to the Holy Trinity. That's what makes God God, because he is beyond anything that we can compare to him. See, you and I, we can say that we're similar. We can describe ourselves. But when it comes to actually grasping the essence of God, it is a difficult, difficult thing. And yet we understand through scriptures that the Trinity exists and that the Holy Spirit, he is God and he is part of that Trinity. And he did not only begin to exist at Pentecost, but if we read Genesis chapter 1, we see that the Word of God says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So he was there at the beginning with the Father and with the Son. And we see the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that he is convicting people of sin. John chapter 16, verse 8 says, when he comes, Jesus Christ says this about the Holy Spirit, when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regards to sin and righteousness and judgment. That's one of the ministries that the Holy Spirit does, is he convicts people of sin. He regenerates the hearts of men. Titus chapter 3, verse 5 to verse 7 says, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And he saved us through the washing of rebirth and by the renewal of the Holy Spirit. You see, this is a dramatic, dramatic event when the Holy Spirit comes. We see this in Acts, such a dramatic, dramatic event in the lives of the apostles. It's such a dramatic experience. 
And the same power that God, the Holy Trinity, and the Holy Spirit used to create the universe at the beginning is being used here to change the hearts of men, to regenerate the hearts of men. Theologians call it the doctrine of regeneration. Lay people, we call it the new birth of a person, to change that person. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It also illuminates us to understand God's truth, to understand God's word. We wonder so many times, why do people study and study and study the word of God and it never changes them? Why do people study and study the word of God and it never has any impact on them? It's because they do so without the power of the Spirit of God. And it is only through the Holy Spirit that that he can illuminate us to understand God's truth. The Holy Spirit also helps us. He also provides us with spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, teaches us about nine spiritual gifts. The message of wisdom, the message of knowledge, the faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing spirits, speaking different tongues, and interpretation of these tongues. But one of the things that we have often done in our churches is that we have taken these gifts and we have often elevate one gift above another when we're not supposed to. Many of our mom churches, we're struggling right now at this moment in all the different denominations with the gift of healing. And we believe that whoever receives that gift is so much more superior than everybody else. And we start fighting over that gift, the gift of healing. And we start making that the gift. And every other gift we look down upon. Many times, Many times we look to the gifts of speaking in tongues as the gift. And every other gift we look down upon. And we say, you must have this gift. But that's not the intent of, the, of God. It was not simply to say, this, if you have this gift, then you're better than someone else. But the Word of God teaches us that we all have different gifts. And God has given us these different gifts. We also see that the Holy Spirit makes us bold in our testimony for God. For God did not give us a spirit of timidness, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 to verse 8. Then we also see in Galatians that the Holy Spirit produces fruits in our lives, produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruits that, these are the things that, come about in your life when the Holy Spirit is a part of your life. And last but not least, He also seals us. He also seals us and guarantees our salvation when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. There's so much, so much for us to talk about when it comes to the Holy Spirit. In about 15, 20 minutes, I'm, I'm not, I, won't, I won't be able to be to share everything with us. But these are some of the things that the Holy Spirit does. And as we read the Pentecostal story, as we read Acts chapter 2, we see this in the lives of the disciples. We see a dramatic event. We see the gifting of the Spirit to the disciples. We see the boldness of Peter, the guy who just a few days ago was denying Christ. And he, he became bold and he was able to stand up and declare the gospel message to people. We see the conviction of sin. We see the regeneration of hearts. We see 3,000 people on that day coming to Christ. And all of this was made possible because of the Holy Spirit, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I believe God is going to do mighty, mighty things among our church.
I believe God is going to do great things in this church. In order for us to accomplish the great things that God has planned for us, we must not fear the Holy Spirit. We must fear the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Father, for empowering us with the Holy Spirit. Come down upon us and clothe us with power so that we may proclaim your message boldly to this world. And all things we give to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. It is time for us to do our